0: Excellent. Excellent job. Let's go to our Bibles in the book of Acts. Uh, We're going to start in Acts chapter number 12. I want to talk to you a little bit and ask you, what are your after Easter plans? So that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. What are your after Easter plans? Oftentimes, we build up to Easter or we build up to Christmas and we build up to these certain events, holidays, landmarks if you will on the calendar. Uh, But I want to talk to the church today and challenge everyone. So what is your plans after Easter? So I want to talk to everyone and we're going to use the book of Acts here chapter 12 and we're going to, also be in Acts chapter number 10, so not too far away from there, to talk about what the after Easter plans are for you and I. I think that is important to always think about what we are to do and what direction to go in. Um, So let's look at Acts chapter number 12, uh, starting at verse number 1. We'll see how, how long I can teacher you can stay seated please Um, it says here now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with the sword and then it says and because he saw it pleased The Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. So the killing of the men of God runs really in the Herod family. If you do homework and research on this particular family, you will find that Herod's sister name was Herodias. Now that's a name for you, Herodias. Uh, my, my girls ought to be glad that their name is not Herodias. So when someone does something horrendous, you can just call them a Herodias. There you go. Two of you got it. Two of you got it. And a couple of you were shaking your head. So her sister was named Herodias and she was responsible for the death of John the Baptist. That's who Herodias was. She wanted John the Baptist's head on a platter, if you will. And so the sad thing is, is that Herod was actually partly Jewish. He was a part Jew. And he persecuted the Christians in order to please the Jewish leaders who opposed opposed them, hoping that It would solidify his position. So that's why we find here in verse number two, it says, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he went after Peter. So now that we have that understanding of what the purpose and intent of Herod was and how killing God's people just runs in this family and how they are even partly jew now that hurts you right there see it's one thing to be affected and intimidated and even persecuted by people outside of the family but when people inside the church family i'm talking about you and i when people inside the family when the youth group begins to bicker within the youth group uh-huh and when church members begin to bicker within church members and we may not be stabbing people with swords but we can use this mouth to hinder and hurt one another it's a whole nother thing when our family members begin to attack one another because it hurts more See, it's one thing if someone came up to me and said, I don't like you. I think you're ugly. Well, I'm going to say, well, I don't really know who you are, but (laughs) thank you and you have a nice day. But if someone in the church was to come up to me and say those same exact words, it would take on a whole new meaning. Can I get a witness in here? It will take on a whole new meaning if someone in my family was to come up to me and say those words. Now it's going to affect me slightly differently. So here's this man who's partly a Jew killing off the men of God that are of the Jewish descent. And so verse number four says, and when he, Harold, had apprehended him being Peter, he put him in prison. And delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So Herod here had plans after Easter to do something with Peter, and that something was to wipe him out, was to kill him. But the Bible says Peter therefore was kept in prison, but somebody say prayer was made but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So what's interesting is, is that the enemy had a plan, but the church had a plan. And the best plan the church or you and I can ever do is pray that is the best thing to do you should never say we should never say out of our mouth I don't know what to do but pray no that is the best thing to do is to pray the first thing every person should learn to do is pray the first option that we should look to is prayer it should not be science it should not be google we should not be saying hey siri we shouldn't be looking to anything else but going to our knees to pray and too many people in the church are looking to other options other than prayer But I don't know about you, but prayer still works. Amen. Amen. Prayer still works. And in order to teach a younger generation that prayer still works is to exercise prayer as the first option. When, oh boy, can I teach here just for a moment? Is, Is this all right? Can I get some amens right here? Amen. That's all I needed right there. I'ma got my eyes on you, brother. Okay. And so, and so what we must teach here is that when our young people come to us, or when individuals come to us and they have a need, they have a concern, they have a problem, the first thing out of our mouth should be let's pray. Let's pray. That's the first thing individuals should do is let's pray. You know you can teach a generation, you can teach people in your home based on your response to situations. How things happen in your home and how things happen in your life based on how you respond in that moment is a teachable moment. Yes, Amen. That's right. Amen. I would teach individuals in the corporate world that every day is an interview. I was teaching them that every day you come to work, you should approach work as if you're getting an interview that day. Because when you go to an interview, you're looking the best, Your mindset is in the best mindset. You're anticipating what type of questions or things that you can answer. You're rehearsing. You're practicing. You're making sure that everything's in order in order for you to receive that job. So I would say you ought to approach every day of work as if you're having an interview. And then I would go on a little bit further and say every time you show up to work, you ought to know that you're being watched. So no matter what you do, what comes out of your mouth, what you say, how you're at, you're being watched because every day is an interview. And if you anticipate you growing higher in that company, you ought to know that people are always taking mental note. So that when you come to that interview, they're going to remember what you did months ago when you're trying to impress somebody on that day. See, we ought to impress the boss or the individuals or our coworkers, or even work for ourselves just as hard every single day. So I would teach every day is an interview. Can I talk a little bit more just on this subject? All right. I got 60% of you. So now the thing is, is that there was an individual... I remember when I started my first day of work for this corporation. And so I worked for AT&T and I remember my first day of work. I was in training sitting at a computer screen and I remember. manager of a particular store comes busting through the back room he throws a phone across uh the, the the back room area he breaks it up on the wall he begins to curse he begins to go off and begins to say all these different things about a certain employee and a customer he doesn't realize that i'm sitting there it's my first day on the job and this person is about to be my boss So now I'm already in my head saying, well, okay, I don't want to cross paths with this man or him and I. We're going to have a problem. And so now he realizes that I'm in the room. So once he sees me there, he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Forgive me. I said, you're okay, sir. You're all right. It's all right. You go ahead. If you've got a vent, go ahead and vent. I'm probably the right person to be around here to vent. But what he didn't realize was, was that that got stored in my memory bank. Well, guess what happened years later? Guess who became whose boss? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because the Lord continued to elevate me and take me higher, whereas he was not going any higher. And then one day I became his boss. But guess what I remembered about him? The very first encounter that we had as individuals that never left my memory bank. And then he would come to me for advice, asking me, what do you think I should do to get promoted? Well, isn't that interesting? First of all, change attitude. But I begin to explain to him in a very calm way that every day is an interview. And now I had an opportunity, at least I felt like from the Lord, to remind him what I remember him doing years ago. Do you remember that day when you came busted into that back room? No, he didn't remember that. I had to bring it back to his remembrance, how he had acted and what he had did on that particular day. Well, that was important to me because now you are somebody that I do not trust. You're someone that I don't know how you're going to act when I'm not around. You're someone when the heat is on and when the pressure's on, I don't think you're going to be able to handle yourself. Why? Because how you responded years ago. And this man may have taken classes and done certain things to help better himself. But there was something stored in my memory bank that I never would forget. So I never could put my stamp of approval on him in order for him to go to that next level that he was wanting to obtain. See, every day is an interview. Every day, everything that you do. Parents, can I talk to you? Every time how you respond in situations with your children, it's an interview. Every time you have an opportunity, every individual in this church, based on the things that are happening in your life, it's an interview. Because we ought to respond at all times with prayer everything that we do we have to respond the right way because if we don't respond the right way it is notated and if we don't take the time to make sure that we're responding the right way young people pick up on that Uh it's stored here so then when they're going through situations in life They're going to respond based on how they were taught to respond. I'm going to talk to this church in here. And so we as a church, we must learn how to respond the right way. So no matter what takes place in our life, no matter what takes place in this church, how do we respond? We must respond every time in prayer. We respond every time in worship. We respond every time in praise, knowing that God is able to do the impossible. Regardless of what is happening, we respond the right way. Somebody's gonna say amen. So the Bible says Peter was kept in prison, but verse number five says, but prayer was made without ceasing so they responded the right way prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto god for him now up until this point up until acts chapter number 12 all the way going to acts chapter number 10 the church has only been in existence if you will since the day of pentecost for a little over 10 years at this point and so What's important here to understand is that the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached for the last 10 years only to Jews. So only the apostles and those that were learning from the apostles were only preaching to the Jewish nation. So if you were not a Jew, you are not having the gospel presented to you. And so this has been going on for about 10 years, all the way up until Acts chapter number 10. And what's interesting is, is that we know that God did not robe himself in flesh, sacrifice himself on the cross for only one nation was that he came for all people. The Bible actually says in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 28, it says there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So Jesus Christ came for us all. But we must take note here because Acts chapter number 10, let's go to Acts chapter number 10 if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter number 10 is a very powerful book for you and I. Why? Because this is the time where the Gentile nation now first time recorded that the Holy Ghost has been received on someone or within someone other than a Jew. Up until this point, we have nothing recorded of anyone other than a Jew receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost until you get to Acts chapter number 10. So up until this point, only the Jews That we know of recorded were only receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost because they were the ones that had the gospel preached to them and see we must understand this is that the gospel that the apostles preach is the same gospel that we preach. We preach the death, burial, and resurrection. We preach repentance, baptism, and then filling of the Holy Ghost. That is what the apostles preach. That is what happened to them on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number two. That's why we call ourselves apostolic. We need to be very clear and teach this to every generation in this church that we are not a denomination. Denominations are not in the Bible. So everyone that is here, everyone that is listening, we are not a denomination. Denominations are not biblical. Denominations are not biblical. So I don't care if someone says they're Methodist. I don't care if someone says they're Catholic. I don't care if they say they're Presbyterian. It does not matter what you say you are because denominations are not biblical There's only the gospel of Jesus Christ and the apostles preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and the apostles who were followers of Jesus Christ said that there's only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ. And that's what we preach. I preach there's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter what anyone else says or what they believe or how some people say, well, I just cannot see how other people that worship other things say and they worship other things with all of their heart, with good intent. It doesn't matter what type of intent you have. It's about what does the Bible say? intent will not get you to heaven. Let me talk to this side of the church. Intent will not get you to heaven. It won't get you there. We must be obedient to the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. So we are not a denomination. Don't try to categorize me. Don't try to categorize this church. We follow The apostles' doctrine. So that's why we say we're apostolic. Amen? Amen. And the apostles preach repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's what they preached. They preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And up until this point, only the Jews received that doctrine until Acts chapter number 10. In Acts chapter number 10, we come into contact with a man by the name of Cornelius. And the Bible says that he was a righteous man, good man, just man. Much prayer, giving of alms. Someone that believed in the Lord Jesus. And because of his belief, because of his prayer life. Because of his sacrifice unto the Lord, when he was in prayer, the Lord began to deal with him and begin to let him know, you got to go send for someone by the name of Simon, whose surname is Peter. Or in other words, he goes by Peter. You got to go get him and he's going to come and minister to you. So while Cornelius is in prayer, he's fasting for himself and for his family. He sends for Peter. So these people are going to go get Peter. And while they're going to go get Peter, God's dealing with Peter. Why has God have to deal with Peter? Because the Jews had no dealing with Gentiles. No dealing with people outside of their race. So God had to deal with Peter and say, hey, what I call clean, you don't call unclean. So he had to give him an example To show him that what I consider clean, you don't call unclean. Peter tried to argue with the Lord and said, oh, Lord, God told him, rise, kill, eat after. He's showing him four-footed beasts and all type of creeping things that are descending down from heaven, ascending up into heaven. This happened three different times. Peter said, oh, no, I I don't eat those type of things. He said, no, what I call clean, you don't call unclean. Matter of fact, there's somebody waiting on you. Go, Go take care of them. And the Bible says, while Peter is still thinking on these things, somebody's showing up at the door saying, hey, we're coming to looking for Peter. We need his help. The Bible says that Peter doesn't go by himself. He takes some men with him. That's good wisdom. Amen. That's good wisdom. He took some men with him to go over to Cornelius's house. The people who came to get Peter, they spent the night that day. They woke up the next morning to go to see who Cornelius is. They show up at his house. Cornelius begins to explain to him, hey, this is what happened to me. I was in prayer and I've been praying. I've been fasting all the way up until this hour. And the angel came to me and said, we are to send for somebody that's called Peter. And Peter is supposed to come. And Peter begins to now understand what the vision is that the Lord has given unto him. And so now here they are all under one roof under Cornelius' house, who's a Gentile. And Peter knows that it is not in their custom. It is against what they believe, against their law, against everything that is Jew to be in the same household as a Gentile. He's not even supposed to be in this house. But yet God has sent him there. Why? Let's go to Acts 10. Let's drop down to verse number, let's go to 33. Go to 33. Is that up on the screen? Cornelius says this. This is Cornelius' words. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God? Why are they all here present? It explains it. To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. We have come to hear, what do I need to do? I've come to hear and listen to you so you can tell me what do I need to do? Why is this so important? Because Cornelius was a good man. Cornelius was an upright person. How many people in here and how many people do you know? They're good people. We know a lot of good people. They live a good life. They do a lot of good moral things correctly. Now leave that verse up there for me, please. They do a lot of good things. Cornelius was a good man. But Cornelius was hungry for more. And see, anyone that's hungry for more, the scripture says, he who hungers and thirsts after what? Righteousness. The Bible says what? They shall be filled. See, there was something more that Cornelius needed. And if anybody who is seeking more than what they have, knowing that there's something more out there, God will always open a door and provide the way for that individual so don't get caught up in the noise of this world that says, oh man, but these are good people. I don't see how God can. These are good people. I don't. Just, I just don't see how God can. Y'all can fill in the blank. It's not that God cannot or that he won't. He wants to, but it's up to the individual to want more. Amen. It's up to the individual's to want more. How do you think you and I are where we are right now? And don't think for one second we just got it all together. Oh no, uh -uh. we're still striving for more. We're still striving for more. We're striving for perfection. We're not perfect but we're striving for perfection. Amen. Amen. Cornelius was a good man but there was more. And Cornelius speaks it out of his mouth. He says, we have come here. We're all here. This is a good thing for all of us to be under this one roof. Because now we need to hear what are the expectations. All right? What are the expectations now? Then Peter opened up his mouth, the Bible says, and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter person. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. He said, I can't believe this. I, 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 I just, but now I see it with my own eyes, I hear it with my own ears. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what background you have. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you have a desire to serve the Lord, God has no respect of person. And if you have a desire to work righteousness, if you have a desire to live right, if you have a desire to be holy, if you have a desire to separate yourself from the world, God will send you the right person at the right time to give you the right word. some ought to say hallelujah because I'm thankful that somebody showed up at the right time in my life to give me the right word praise God and so Peter's eyes are open it, is rev- it seems like everything now just came together everything from the moment he had the vision he was caught in the trance all the way to this moment Peter's like I see it now I see what the Lord is trying to reveal to me now that this gospel truth is for everybody. And here I thought it was just for us Oh, we can get caught up in that little corner. Come on now, church. See, we can't we can't get caught up in that little corner. It, it's not just for Creasy and Union. Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh. No, this gospel is for everybody here in Lafayette, Indiana. This gospel is for everybody in Tippecanoe County. This gospel is for everyone, every man, woman, boy, and girl. It's for everybody. And my desire is to see everyone make it to heaven, not just those within the four walls of this building. For everybody to make it to heaven. And our eyes must be open to that, just like Peter's eyes was open in that moment. And so verse 36 through 43, we're not going to read those because this is when Peter begins to preach the gospel. If you read 36 through 43, he begins to tell about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He begins to preach the gospel to them in those verses. And then in verse number 44, we will pick up there. Verse 44 says, and while he spake these words, while he began to preach the gospel to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them when they heard the gospel. (laughs) The Holy Ghost fell when they heard the gospel. That's it. They simply heard the word. And the Holy Ghost fell. And then it says, and they of the circumcision, circumcision, which are the Jews, Jewish custom was to circumcise at a certain age, all of their males. And so they of the circumcision, the Jews, Peter and all those that came with him, it says, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. When they heard the word, when they heard the gospel, the Holy Ghost fell. Well, how do they know they received the Holy Ghost like we received the Holy Ghost? Because the Bible says they heard them speak with tongues. the amazing thing is is that now you can better understand brother brandon when people say well i believe in the holy ghost but i thought it's a gift from god and you need an interpreter every time and they will try to use acts chapter number two to solidify that saying that because when they spoke in tongues on that day there were 17 different nations there and all those 17 different nations heard the apostles speaking in their language saying that when they heard them speak in their language they were explaining the gospel that is not true because the gospel had yet not been explained it wasn't explained until after they were done speaking in tongues and then peter began to preach to them and tell them the gospel and then after they heard the gospel that's when they said men and brethren what shall we do That's when Peter then further explains this is how the gospel works. You got to repent. You got to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you shall receive what you just heard. Yeah. You follow me? Amen. So, Don't allow anyone to try to use Acts chapter number two as if there's always an interpreter because there wasn't even an interpreter there at Acts chapter number two. But they try to use first Corinthians, which Paul is speaking about. Paul wrote Corinthians and Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to unbelievers in Corinthians. He's writing to a church that has already received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Paul is the one that started the church in Corinthians. So he's writing to a group of people that already understand and have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And now he's telling them, now that you have the Holy Ghost, this is how you operate in the Holy Ghost. And this is how you properly operate with the Holy Ghost down on the inside of you. Those are the gifts that come when you have the gift. Amen. Well, I wish I can teach on this a whole lot longer. This is important because if we don't get this, and see, some people can say this is, this is fundamental. See, if we don't get the fundamentals down packed, how can we grow and expand? How can we grow and expand on our knowledge if we don't get fundamentals right? You don't, you don't, you don't go into second grade doing algebra. Now, maybe you did, but you're a genius. Yeah, you're a genius too. You don't, you don't jump into second grade just algebra too you learn what two plus two is before you can take the steps into the next levels of mathematics but it's important to understand what is taking place and what has happened here in Acts chapter number 10 in Acts chapter number 10 now Peter and all them that came with Peter now see that the Holy Ghost is not just for the Jews but for everybody for everybody though who believes Because when they heard the word, they had to believe in the word. And once they believed in the word, they began to receive the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in tongues. And that's when Peter says, what just happened up in here? For they have received what happened to us. They didn't take the time to interpret what was happening right there. They didn't, take, they, didn't, they didn't interpret the speaking in tongues. They just know that they begin to speak in a heavenly language that they know they could not teach themselves this. Right, right. So they knew of a surety, that's the Holy Ghost. But did Peter stop there? Did Peter stop there? Let's keep reading. The Bible says in verse number 48, and he commanded them, To be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now why would he command them to be baptized in the name of the Lord? Well. What did Cornelius say? What did Cornelius say? Back up in verse number 33. Go to back up to verse number 33. Go to 33. Immediately, therefore, I sent thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things. Somebody say all things. We've come to hear everything. That Cornelius was saying don't leave nothing out. I want you to tell me everything that we need to do we've come to hear all things that are commanded thee of god whatever god commands y'all to do that's what we want to do and if peter would have left out baptism he would have left out all things but as soon as he heard them speak in another tongue he commanded them he didn't ask them he didn't make sure if this is okay he didn't say well what do you think about tomorrow he said no today right now you must be baptized in the name of the Lord and after they have now received this revelation and now that not only Cornelius day and his life has changed but all those that are with him their day and their life has changed. It says then prayed they him. Hey, we need you to stay here for a while. Because when your life is changed, you don't want to leave that presence. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't want to leave that presence. When your life has been totally altered and you know that it's God that has done what he has done, you don't want to leave that moment. You want to stay in that moment. They said, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay right here with us. Can you please stay here? Okay, Siri, I hear you. The amazing thing is, is that now if you go to chapter number 11, Peter takes the entire chapter of 11, explaining to the Jews what he just did. If you read the entire chapter of Acts chapter number 11, it's Peter explaining to his friends why he did what he did. An entire chapter. Now, after what just took place, you would think, all I got to do is come in the house and say, you missed it. <laughs> there is a whole group of individuals that just received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And every one of them were baptized. It was amazing. And now you would think everybody would just jump for joy, leap, run around the aisles and say, man, that's awesome. Who was it? Where was it at? Can we go there? No, he had to answer a bunch of why. Why? Who said? Explain that again. You mean what? You went into whose house? You went into that neighborhood? You went where? Oh, that's where y'all, we was wondering where y'all went. Oh, we was praying for y'all that y'all would make it back safe. Because we don't know where y'all was. You know I'm telling the truth. I've been up all night. You want to come in here and in just any old time of the day you've been gone for four days. Go to your room. Let's think about this. And you was with the gent, the gent, who? Go wash up. I don't know what kind of mess you then got you into. I hope, we we going to pray. You need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. A whole chapter. Go home and read it. Please do. I want you to. A whole chapter. Peter is explaining why he did what he did. Help us, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us that God can move upon people in this church. And God can speak to your heart. And God can move on you to go deal with people that you can reach that I can't reach. That you can talk to that I can't talk to. That God can move upon you. And I don't have to question every single little move that you make thinking that you're out of the will of God. Because he's taking you in a different direction that maybe hasn't been done before. I I want to encourage our young people. I want you to pray and be led by the Holy Ghost and allow God to deal with your heart and allow God to deal with your mind. And even though maybe my generation hasn't done it before, but maybe God is moving you into a different direction. As long as you're being led by God, I say go. Go. Let the Holy Ghost use you however he chooses to use you. And not feel like you're being held back by me or anybody else saying, now, hold up now. He didn't deal with me that way. Yeah, that's probably because I was too stubborn. Whole chapter. And after now, he's explained everything to his friends. And now after his friends eventually get it. They eventually begin to rejoice and thank the Lord for what he has done. See, now things are spreading. Now people are catching the vision. Now people are getting it. Now people are jumping on board. Instead of criticizing, they're saying, well, let the, let the will of the Lord be done. That's when we get to chapter number 12, because anytime the gospel's being spread, anytime there's excitement, anytime there's a move of the Holy Ghost, anytime things are, are happening and moving in the right direction, the enemy will attack. I wish I can talk to some people in this place. The enemy will attack. He will attack our homes. He will attack our family. He will attack this church. He will do everything he can to try to stop momentum from continuing on. Because he sees that there's something happening in that city. He sees there's something happening in that church. He sees there's something happening within the leadership. He sees there's something happening within the people of God. He says, "Uh -uh, I've got to stop this. I've got to do everything I can to stop every momentum possible in order to stop the move of the Holy Ghost but what he didn't account for was that people was going to be praying that people were still going to be worshiping oh I wish I had a church right now let's stand to our feet come on I'm done teaching but he didn't account he may had a plan but we have a plan and our plan is to keep on praying our plan is to keep on praising our plan is to keep on worshiping our plan is to keep on moving our plan is to keep on believing our plan is to keep on trusting. Our plan is to keep on moving forward. The devil thought he can pull us back, but we're going to continue to fight forward because Acts chapter number 12, the Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing. So even when the devil thinks he's going to pull us down or pull us back or stop us from moving or moving out these four walls or blowing up this city, turning up Tipper new upside down, we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on believing. We're going to keep on worshiping the Lord. Let's clap our hands until the Lord is magnifying. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. See, there's something the devil didn't account for. He didn't know that the church was going to keep on praying. He didn't know the church was going to keep on believing. He didn't know the church would get even closer together and draw closer together and begin to worship even more. He didn't account for that. Huh? But old Harold, old sister Herodias, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, but that's how it's going to be pronounced in this church. So if a guest speaker comes and says a difference, say, "No, nope, that's not what our pastor said. <laughs> it's Herodias. <laughs> uh-huh. Killing James, trying to take out Peter now. But he didn't account that the group of individuals was going to be meeting in a house to pray. Making prayer unto the Lord. Believing for the furtherment of God's kingdom. So I don't know what your after Easter plans are. It may be to be to be a better Christian. It may be to be a better example in your home. It may be to be a a better leader. To to, to sacrifice more, to give more, to be faithful in your giving better. Everybody's not capable or, or even feels comfortable to be able to teach a Bible lesson or to have someone over to their house or use a Zoom call FaceTime to teach a Bible lesson, but I need everyone in here to get a burden for the empty seats in your row. I need everyone in here to get a burden for the empty seats in front and behind you. Because you may not feel comfortable to teach a Bible study, but you can pray over that empty seat you can turn behind you and say, Lord, fill this row up. Lord, fill this seat up. Lord, fill this row up. I'm tired of coming to church and having so much room. I'm tired of coming to church and feeling so comfortable. Oh, I wish I had a church right now I can talk to because you may not be able to do certain things like everybody else, but you can get a burden for that empty seat. You can get a burden for the row in front of you. You can get a burden for the row behind you and say, Lord, if you're going to fill it up, fill it up with my family, fill it up with my kids, fill it up with my grandchildren, fill it up with... Hey, glory be to God fill it up with my loved ones come on let's lift our hands up to the Lord and pray Lord give us a burden God give us a burden Lord in the name of Jesus come on come on come on call out to the Lord right now In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give me a burden, Lord. Give me a burden. I don't want to be comfortable. Oh, God, give me a burden. Help us, Jesus, right now, Lord. My family, my loved ones. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah no more empty seats no more empty seats come on, come on you ought to lay hands on the row lay hands on the row in front of you lay hands on the row behind you come on in the name of Jesus come on, if the Lord got you here don't you believe he can bring others in oh, it's by his mercy and by his grace some of us shouldn't be where we are right now but if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God it is that same grace it is that same mercy That's gonna pull on our loved ones, uh, that's gonna pull on our family members, uh, that's gonna pull on Tippecanoe County uh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Help me, God, to have a burden. Help me, Jesus, to have a burden. Help me, God, to have a burden. Uh, It's still the gospel, church. It's still the gospel of Jesus Christ that's gonna pull them in. There's still the gospel of Jesus Christ that's gonna save. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us God. Help us Lord. Help us Lord right now. Help us Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, I I, want to dismiss, but the Holy Ghost is pushing me right now, come on, the Holy Ghost is pushing me, come on, let's cry out, let's cry out to the Lord, let's cry out to the Lord. Let's cry out to the Lord. Uh, come on, there's too many people in this city. Uh, there's too many people in this county. Uh, they need the gospel. Uh, they need the gospel. Uh, we need the gospel. Uh, we need it preached in the north. Uh, we need it preached in the south. Uh, we need it preached in the east and the west. Uh, we need it preached in your neighborhoods. Uh, we need it preached on your job. Uh, we need it preached in the school systems. Hey, Alabama. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, God, yes, Lord. It's the gospel, it's the gospel. (laughs) Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden, Jesus. Give us a burden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah so church i don't know what your after easter plans are but my plans is to fill up this place i don't know what your plans are but my plan is to fill up this place come on not for self-glory but for the glorification of the kingdom of god I don't know what your plans are, but my plans is to fill up this place. My plans is to have an overflow. My plans is to make room for more in the name of Jesus, because it takes the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this gospel is for everyone. And this gospel will change people's lives. I'm in a debate constantly with some of my friends always asking me to help out with certain political agendas. If you just only knew church how often I'm, I'm pulled into that direction. You, you, you probably wouldn't even believe me how often my coattail is pulled in the political direction. It is constantly pulled. I'm talking about on a consistent daily basis from people. And I try to explain all the time God has not gifted me. He has anointed me to be in politics. My job is not to try to change policy. God has anointed me to change hearts. That's my anointing. My anointing is to change hearts, and I believe if the heart will change, then policy will change. I'm telling you, church, it starts with the gospel. It starts with the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what we still need. Let's lift our hands, Lord.